Hello everyone, it's Chris here from the In The Saddle podcast and for this episode I was joined by apprentice jockey Ollie Stammers. Now Ollie is based with Mark Johnson and it was great to chat with Ollie about his career so far, about how he got started into racing, talking about his pony racing days and also as well the role he plays down at Mark's Yard. It was a great uh, interview and I really enjoyed speaking to him. Now before I uh, hand over I just want to mention that we're still giving away our free giveaway and we've teamed up with graphic designer Ellen Kirby to give away a free horse racing print of your choice. You can have a horse of any choice you like. You can have Frankel, you can have Q card, you can have Forheen, you can have Altior, any horse you like. She'll do it for you and we'll send that out after the competition closes. And the competition closes on Friday the 15th of May at midnight. So make sure you enter the competition if you haven't done so already. And to enter, you must follow us on Twitter using our handle at In the Saddle Pod. You'll see when you go onto our Twitter page at the top is a pinned tweet explaining what you've got to do uh, to enter the competition so make sure you follow out the instructions and if you're listening to us on a variety of different podcast platforms make sure you give us a follow give us a follow on soundcloud give us a follow on spotify give us a follow on itunes and if you are listening on itunes leave a review and a rating we really like to hear all your guys comments on what we're doing well and maybe where we can improve all feedback is incredibly welcome but enough of me waffling on now i leave you with myself and ollie and i hope you enjoy this podcast Now for this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Ollie Stammers. Thanks for coming on, Ollie. Hi, thank you for having me. So, um, how did you get into racing? Do you come from a racing family or have a racing background? No, um, I've, I've, my, my family's not from racing, but um, my mother's very horsey, and um, I've been on horses since I could sit up. And, um, no, she's been a massive influence to me and my riding Um from teaching me to ride to getting me into pony racing, which is where it all started, really. Now, you said there that your mum helped you get into pony racing. How easy was it to get into? Was it quite tricky to begin with? And how did your pony racing career develop? Um, well, I'd been riding since since I could sit up, and um, I just started, I got the thrill of going fast, and um, I always wanted to be a jockey. I'd always watched racing on TV, and... Um, we just then found out that, you know, looked up pony racing and um, we'd heard about it and we went on to the pony racing authority and really went from there. We saw that there were training days and, and just got into it from there, really. And, and did you, as you kind of got more into pony racing, did you go to any racing schools or any racing colleges to then learn to become a bit more of an advanced rider? Yeah, so um, I first of all started on, I took my just normal pony to, to the racing school, um, level one. They've got three different levels for pony racing training. And um, so I started off doing level one there, just on normal pony, and um, learned all the basics like your position and everything like that. And then gradually went to level two. And by that time, I'd, I'd sort of gone and got a racing pony um you know just a competitive pony but nothing amazing um and then level threes to sort of qualify for racing um and yeah so that's that's what really taught me and um just training at home and just getting used to the pony and then had my first pony race 
um, when I was 11. And just, yeah, from then on, just all I ever wanted to be was jockey. And and how did you get the opportunity to go to Mark Johnston's? What age were you, were you when you started out there? So I was pony racing from 11 to 16. Um, I, I then went to Ireland for six months when I was 14, 15, um, pony racing over there, which was incredible experience. There's a full card of pony races and you just get so much experience and I learned so much and worked for a top man um, who trained racing ponies there. Um, and then when I came back, um, I'd been riding out in the holidays for Mr. Kamani in Newmarket, um, but I'd been working for a small owner uh, near me just to pay for my racing ponies. Um, and he had, he'd had horses at Mark, Mr. Johnson's. And he said that it would be, he, he thought it'd be a good idea for me just to go for a couple of months and just see if I liked it. And, uh, yeah, within, I fitted straight into the routine here and just absolutely loved it. Loved the setup, loved the people. And, um, yeah, within a few weeks, Mr. Johnson sat me down and said that he wanted, didn't, never wanted me to go and, and wanted me to be the apprentice. So, um, yeah, it was an opportunity I could not turn down. And how long did you have to wait before you got uh, your first ride? Did you actually ride your first horse for Mark Johnston? Yeah, so um, I'd, I'd gone there in the July um, to the September and then I had to do a four-week course at the racing school. Just That was a fast-track course. You have to go there to so you can work in racing um, because obviously when you leave school at 16, you still need to do education until you're 18. So that was like a fast-track course there. Um, and then I'd already been going through the process of applying for my license and uh, I was then put on an assessment day the next assessment day which was December and then once I did my assessment day I was then on the next license course which was the end of January February uh, beginning of February and um, so I completed that and a week after I got my uh, finished my license course I had my first ride for Mr Johnson it was lucky. It was a, it was a winner too. So um, no, I couldn't. I got off to a dream start. Was that a winner at Wolverhampton by any chance? Yeah, um, Ravenhoe. Um, he's a fantastic horse to me, and I had I think twenty odd rides on him that year. Um, and no, he was just fantastic. He he took me all over the country, uh, racing at all different tracks, and he was a great horse to learn on. Um, going in in the professional game it was, it was such a good horse to learn on because in the you know never had to worry about him pulling or you know messing about he just i could just concentrate on the job at hand and um no i had two winners on him and lots of placings and just loads of experience so no, i think i um i was uh when i was learning to become a journalist i was at, at the races i think the day and you uh, got your first winner, and I remember. Uh, I think you must come on the phone. Was it in the evening? On yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. in. Yeah, I was in the produ- I was in uh, the the gallery where um all the producers and that were and watching the racing and helping out and and I remember when you won. So so yeah. So uh, I'm glad that uh, that that stuck in my mind. But um, so obviously yeah, you yeah. so you're able to strike up a relationship uh, with Ravenhoe, um. And then last season, uh, you started to get lots more rides. Have you been able to get more opportunities elsewhere outside of uh, Mark's yard? Yeah, so in my first year, I had um, 10 winners from 89 rides, and six of those came for Mark. 
um, which was fantastic. He, he gave me so much support in my first year, but I also could, rode for lots of different trainers. Ed Walker was a big support to me. Um, Julian Bonus, small trainer up up this way up north, she was she was very good to me too, and lots of other small trainers and done big train you know different trainers um really supporting me but last year i had a, a terrible time um where i had three injuries and i was off the majority of the year and it was just a, a very frustrating time uh, but this year started very well before obviously all this terrible the coronavirus pandemic so um but yeah just yeah i, I have it I have been supported by lots of different trainers, so I can't thank them enough, really. No, that's really good that you've been able to get outside of Marks and build up uh, more contacts elsewhere. Um, obviously, it's been difficult in the last couple of months, obviously, with no racing because of the coronavirus. But what's your normal day like when we are uh, racing normally? Um, do you have an early start? Do you ride a few horses out in the morning? And then do you maybe talk to your jockey coach or go to the gym? What's your, like daily life like when we are racing um so obviously i'm i'm riding out every day um in the winter we have six lots it's five lots and then um i do an extra lot after work um that's when we're really busy but at the moment we've actually got a lot of staff because a lot of people have been let go from their jobs so at the moment we're just on four lots um through and we usually are through the summer um and then uh, I'd, use, I'd always go on my exercise every day. I do a training circuit um, and then I go running. Um, and yeah, my jockey coach, I'm lucky, Russ Kennemore, he's in, he works at Mark's, so he's in every day. So I'm always chatting to him and he's always giving me little tips and telling me where I can improve. So it's, it's brilliant, really. And do you have a uh, jockey agent that you, uh, that you work with that helps you get spare rides? Yeah, Gareth Owen, he, he does a great job for me. Um, you know, he's he's always got my career in his mind, long term, you know, rather than just short term, trying to get me on as many as he can. He tries to look at, get me on good, tra- get me on rides for good trainers or nice horses and good, better races. Um, you know, he won't just send me somewhere just for one ride, just for the sake of riding. He he really thinks about it, and he's always got my my long term career in in the back of his mind, which I really appreciate because I'm very um, I'm very enthusiastic, and I want to be riding all the time. And I'm always ringing him saying, you know, I want to be riding, want to be riding. But um, no, he's he's very good that he just has my my long term career in in his mind, which I really appreciate. So you wouldn't maybe like to maybe have a go one year at maybe becoming champion apprentice. I imagine that obviously being associated with Mark, you would get a lot of good, powerful rides. But maybe you want to go for your uh, your claim uh, a bit more gradually than rather just blitz it all in one year and go for something like that. Yeah, um, champion apprentice is something that I would absolutely love to do, and it's um, I've always wanted to do it. It's been a dream of mine since I think since I started pony racing. Um, you know, seeing Tom Marquand do it and David Egan and all those all those top apprentices that are now doing so well as professionals, it's something I've always always wanted to do. Um, but I'm quite happy with how my you know I'm still claiming seven now, and I feel I'm very valuable for my seven pounds. And I feel like it's it's better that it's gradual, um, that I'm you know getting stronger and uh, and a better all round rider. Um, gradually rather than just riding loads of winners and then being forgotten about. I'd like to 
gradually go through my claim, build contacts and hopefully build a good relationship with Mark and um, hopefully he can keep supporting me when I do lose my claim. So um, so that, that sounds really good. But who've been your uh, role models uh, growing up? And do you uh, talk to maybe some of like the elder statesmen of the Wayne Room, as it were, um, that have been, been around the block for quite a, a long time? Do, are you still inspired by jockeys that you, you, that you ride and compete against? Oh, def- definitely. Um, a big role model would be Joe Fanning. Um, obviously, he's been working marks for over 20 years and rode so many winners for us. And he's just the all-round professional. And he's such a he's such an influence um, to me because I see him a lot and see him a lot riding out. And um, just the way he is with people and deals with people is just... Um, is just brilliant. Um, and PJ McDonald, he's, he's been a great help to me. Um, Paul Morandon also, he, he's been in um, recently while all this has been going on and he, he's been a great help to me. Um, but I take advice from anyone anyone that's you know more experienced than me. I'd always look up to, always ask them questions because I always want to learn. Um, you know, they're your senior jockeys, you need to respect them. Um, but growing up, I always loved, you know, Lester Piggott and Ryan Moore, um, but Joseph O'Brien, Richard Hughes, they're obviously tall like myself. I'd always, I always looked at the way they rode. Um, I thought Joseph O'Brien was just incredible. Um, and I just loved the way it, his style of riding. Same with Hughesy. Um, yeah, they'd be two main ones that I used to look up to. Oh, and James Doyle as well. I think he's just class. So, yeah. Now that's good that you're able to speak to lots of different people and take little bits of advice. It must be really inspiring to work with so many good people, especially at Mark Shard, like you mentioned, Joe, and that, that have been in the game for such a long time. And it's great that you're um, taking some of their advice, uh, advice on board. Um, but moving forward in your career, we already kind of touched upon it with maybe you want to become a champion apprentice. Where would you ultimately like to go? Would you like to maybe, I know he's a bit of a way off still maybe, but become in time maybe number one rider for Mark? Yeah, that would be that would be an absolute dream. Um, yeah, that is that would be an ideal um, plan, really. That yeah, that is that's my dream, really. Um, it would just be incredible if if in time I could do that. Um, I I love the way the yard works. I love, I've been here nearly three years now, and um, yeah, I, I don't I would never really want to leave. So um, hopefully, if all the opportunities and everything worked out, it would be fantastic and. Um, Obviously, in time, um, Charlie will take over, and um, he's just outstanding. Really, that he's so on the ball, he's so sharp, and he knows exactly everything that's going on. Um, and I just think he'll um, he'll be such a smooth takeover um, because he's just so on the ball and knows exactly what he needs to do. Uh, it sounds like um, that that could be a good uh, future uh, line for you, but. Um... Before we talk about maybe some horses that you might be involved with and some as well that uh, Mark might be sending out in the near future, hopefully when we get some racing going, uh, off air we spoke a bit about that you might like one day like to work in Bloodstock. Why is it exactly would you like to maybe work in that part of the industry? Um, I, lo- I love breeding and I love pedigrees. Um, I'm really interested in the horses breeding in the yard. I'd, I'd know all their pedigrees. Um I just find it really interesting. I've always, always enjoyed that part of racing. Um, obviously, I'm tall. I don't. I'd love to. I'd love to have 
keep riding till I'm 50, you know. Um, but if I do get too big and my weight does become a problem, then it's something that I'd really like to go down. But even if even if I don't, I'd like to. It's something that I'd love to get into while I'm still riding and do alongside. Uh, I just really enjoy it and have a um, real keen interest in it. No, that's really good that you're already, I know you're only at the start of your career, but it's already good that you're thinking in the long term and and where maybe you'd like to go when you do eventually have to retire and stop being a jockey. But no, that's really good. Now, I'd like to talk maybe a bit, a bit if you don't mind, about um, Mark's yard. Uh, how many um, horses has Mark currently got inside his yard? So we must have around 300. Um, definitely, you know... It, 280 300 horses it must be um i'm sure um probably about 152 year olds um and it's just an incredible setup and everything's just done so professionally and the routine it's just such a good they just got such a good routine going and it it, it just works so well and are mark's training facilities spread out and are you based at one particular a yard as it were like if he has different yards and do you um maybe get to cross over and ride a variety of horses how um how do you fit in there with the different uh uh groups of horses so we have um th- three different yards um two of them are in the village opposite each other um warwick house and kingsley house the warwick house is a two-year-old yard and then Kingsley House is um, an older horse yard. And then up at the farm where the training facilities are, we have um, two-year-olds and older horses as well. Um, But it's mainly fillies up at the farm. And um, I'm mainly based at the farm. Um, Obviously, today, for example, I I was down in the village galloping two-year-olds. So, yeah, I chop and change, really, but I'm mainly based at the farm. Riding mainly two-year-olds, um, also ride a lot of older horses too. And when we do resume racing, do you have any horses that you know you will be riding and you might be able to ride them throughout the season moving forward? Um, I'd never I'd never know exactly what horses I'd be riding. Um, Mark, you know, I'd be dropped up on them and um, hopefully they'd be declared and that's sort of how I'd ride them. I'd never be told, oh, this, this is a group that you'll be riding. Um, just because I ride them at home doesn't necessarily mean I ride them on the race course. But um, obviously horses like Massim Star, who I've had a, a good connection with, um, one on him at Red Car, and I've ridden him a good bit. I rode him a lot during the winter this year. Um, Smiler Miles, one that I'd love to get back on. He was second in the um, Lincoln trial at um, Wolverhampton. I'd finished second on him earlier in the winter, and I was meant to ride him again at Wolverhampton, but he... Um, cut himself in the lorry so it was, um, mm. I was gutted not to ride him that day um, but hopefully I'd, I'd love to get back on him again um, yeah so hopefully and hopefully there'll be a lot more um, yeah I'm sure there'll be a lot more opportunities um, in the summer so yeah that, that, that's great and hopefully like I say we can get back racing soon so now obviously Mark had a quite a 
very good season last year. He had some nice horses, didn't he, in his yard. Uh, forgive me if some of these horses have moved on, but I, I just thought maybe we could go through some of his leading lights, as, as you could call them, yeah. and, and maybe where we might be seeing them or what their targets are and how they've been going. So is uh, Sir Ron Priestley still of you, finished um, second in the ledger last year? Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's still with us. Um, he, he's doing well during the winter. Um, obviously, he was second in the ledger last year, and hopefully, he can go on and do better things this year. Um, um, would he maybe be like a cup horse that we might be seeing a bit like DXB was last year, campaigned at those longer trips over two miles? Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Um, obviously, that the the trip is an unknown at the moment, but but his style of racing, I don't see why he wouldn't get the trip. And um, have you still got Elikam in the yard? Is he maybe in yes. line to go for some of those targets again, some of those races like the Judmont, um, some of the mile races? Yeah, um, I'm sure he um, He obviously was third in the Judmont last year and ran a brilliant race, and I'm sure that that will be um, probably a, a big target again this year. He seems to like York a lot, um, so I, I'd imagine he'd probably take similar routes to last year. And does Raffle Price have um, some good targets potentially lined up? Has she been in training with you? Yeah, yeah, she's um, she's going well. Um, I actually look after her on the night time, so um, I've got a good relationship with her. Um, and yeah, hopefully she had such a good season last year um, and it was just so frustrating to finish second in two group ones. But um, hopefully she can, she can break that duck and, and win one this year. Is she um, quite a laid-back horse, or does she have a bit of a personality? Um, when she's fresh, she likes to rear. But um, no, when she's when she's in full work, she's, she's a brilliant ride, and she's a lovely filly to be around. She, um, yeah, very nice. And, and there's one horse that I quite liked, um, and I wondered where it went last year, uh, but obviously it was back in the winter. There's a horse called Orcterada. Um she, yes, yes. Yeah, she won on debut at Beverly, I thought, really impressively last year. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'd like to follow her and see how she does uh, this season. And I kept like looking out for her, but obviously she she didn't come back until uh, Wolverhampton. No, several, I think it was, back in the autumn winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, was there a slight problem with her um, in after her win at Beverly? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, but uh, it seems to have not um, stopped her from progressing. Um, she obviously came back and ran at Saddle and then she won at Wolverhampton um, and then she, she won at Lingfield and no she's a very nice filly she's a very sharp filly and those those all weather tracks really suit her um, she's got quick gate speed and she can track or she's got high cruising speed and she toughs it out as well so no she's a lovely little filly do you, do you think she maybe could be campaigned at maybe some of those listed races over the sprint trips or maybe could be one that could maybe uh, rise through the handicap ranks into um, black type company yeah obviously her um her potential is unknown and hopefully she can keep keep raising the bar um and and she's a tough filly so she's and she's so game she loves racing so hopefully that that would be brilliant yeah no, that, that's great. I look forward to seeing her because, uh, like I said, I was really taken with her when she won at won at Beverly, and she's also as well a daughter of Glen, yeah. Eagle, Glen Eagles as well, who um yeah who yeah. who had a not bad first season as a first year sire, did he last year? So um, be good to see how she goes. But that's all we've got time for this podcast. Thanks for coming on, Ollie. I really appreciate uh, giving up your time, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have you on again soon. Thank you.
Brilliant. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. For more podcasts, please follow us on our SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes and Podbean accounts. You can also as well follow us on social media using our handle at In The Saddle Pod. And we're also as well available on Instagram where our name is In The Saddle Global.